I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. An educational initiative called RGV Focus was founded in 2012 to transform college readiness, access, and success in the Rio Grande Valley. At an RGV Focus annual retreat, Alex Mead summarized his career and experience with economic development. First of all, let me just say, I'm not an educator. But the cool thing about this room is that you guys are all in economic development. And it's something that I learned um, in the years that I've spent in economic development. I've spent about close to 20 years in economic development. I started in the city of Harjan. And before we get into this, let me tell you how I got into economic development. Because I think most folks in, in, in the economic development world don't, uh, don't just go to school and say, I'm going to be an EDC director, I'm going to be an EDC. It just happens that they end up in EDC. And so I was born and raised in Brownsville, moved to Austin, went to college in Austin, moved to DC, worked in DC, came to the Valley and uh, with an economics degree. And everybody in the Valley thought that I could do accounting because I had an economics degree. And I hated that. So I couldn't do it, but it was, it was a job. So I get hired uh, at an accounting firm, and, and I'm at a point where I'm getting my, my MBA, and, and I really do just hate my job as an accountant. I mean, it is a pain every day having to get up, uh, go to my job. And so one day I get this idea that I, I'm going to reach out to folks that do things that interest me. So I reached out to a bunch of folks. I started emailing these random people, very unsolicited emails. And one guy responds, and he says, have you thought about economic development? I had never heard that term in my life. And so I asked him, well, what is it? And he tells me, uh, look, you have a background in economics. Um, it has the word economic, right? Um, so you, know, you can do it. And, and, and it's funny the way things work out, because the accounting firm that I was working for, because I was not a CPA, I wasn't allowed to audit um, uh, private corporations. I can audit nonprofits. So this is just crazy. But literally the following week, my boss tells me, hey, I need you to audit the Harjan EDC. And when I saw Harjan Economic Development, I thought, okay, well, this guy told me I need to get into Economic Development, so this was a way for me to get to learn about it. So I get to audit the Harjan EDC, and, and after about a couple of weeks of being in, in, in the EDC office, I realized that the office I'm using says EDC director, but there is no EDC director. So I started asking, where's the EDC director? And he said, well, he actually moved to Mission. He's the new EDC director in Mission, which later I become the EDC director for Mission too. And, and so, so I said, well, hey, here's my resume. You know, I've got an economic degree. Says economic, right? I can do this. Um, now, again, at this point, I didn't really know what economic development was all about. Now, mind you, just like many of you guys here that are born in either a small town or born in the Rio Grande Valley, when you graduate high school, you say, I want to get the hell out of here. I never want to come back, right? And, uh, and I came back. Not only that, did I come back, but I get into a field that my job is to promote the one place that I never wanted to be a part of again, right? And so that, to me, was really kind of hard to, to grasp. Because, again, I came back from D.C. I was still wondering why I decided to come back. Um, and in fact, the firm that I was working for moved me to Corpus. And being that close to the valley, my parents just kind of sucked me to, to the valley. Uh, and that's how I ended up coming back here. But, but now I'm stuck in a, in a career, in, in a job, 
that I'm supposed to promote and, and, and talk about recruiting people and companies to the region that I thought I hated. But the job taught me to appreciate everything that we have here in the Rio Grande Valley to the point that I love the Rio Grande Valley. I mean, it is something that I live and breathe and it's something that I love to talk about. I can talk about this all day long. I'm kind of like, like Bubba Gump and Forrest Gump. You talk about shrimp, you can talk tell you all the different ways. I can talk about all those ways in economic development. But, but that's how I ended up in EDC. And so I want to talk about some topics that that I think there are good starting points or good discussion points, and there's some takeaways that I think uh, you guys will be able to uh, to kind of align with the things that you do. So economic development, and this is my definition. Uh, I'm sure somebody else has written it, you know, so don't don't don't. If I plagiarize, don't, don't call on me. Uh, but it's a solutions-based approach by uh, which we improve the economic well-being and the quality of life of the community. And I say we. Because all of us are involved in economic development, whether we know it or not. I mean, we are truly involved. Everything you guys are doing uh, is economic development. The way economic development works basically is, well, the way EDCs work, right? They're tasked with recruiting companies. They're tasked with building a foundation that allows companies to grow and flourish. Um, and, but, but the way, but I feel so, right, train the same people that we're trying to recruit companies for. So you train them, EDCs have to employ them. Well, if we don't communicate, how can we do that, right? How can we do that? And so, so it's very important that we understand that it's a we approach. Um, and so we got to work on this together. And that's why I put these four, four uh, elements of economic development. It really does take the community, the elected officials, the government, and the business to all be working together. I know I'm going to say a lot of things you guys have probably already heard and you probably hear on a regular basis, but, but I just can't stress this enough that economic development is a team effort and, uh, and it, is, it really is about all of us working together because one of the things that, that I found throughout my career is that cities don't really compete with cities. Regions compete with regions. States compete with states. And so, so we have to have the density of qualified individuals, the density of the of uh, industries in order to recruit uh, more companies. And, and there's no right or wrong way to do economic development. It's just about finding solutions. And that's why I think it's so important that, we, that it becomes a solutions-based approach versus just, well, I'm going to teach or I'm going to recruit companies uh, in hopes that something comes, right? The superintendent said, we can't just hope. We, gotta, we, gotta, we actually have to do this. Uh, and that's why I think it's, we got to look at it as a solution. Um, so, so there's an author, and I, got to, I had to write it down because I always mess up the, the, the title of the book. Uh, David Ostrich, uh, he wrote a book called Everything in Its Place. And what he does is he looks at cities throughout the entire country, in fact, throughout the entire world, uh, and he starts to compare the elements that make a strong region strong, growing. And these are the three elements that he identified. It's got the presence of a university, a strong university, strong healthcare presence and a strong presence of government. Now when you look at these things, you realize that we have that. We have UTRD, TSEC, you know, uh, TSC and FTC and all those. We have a strong presence of academic institutions. Very strong. <clears throat> healthcare. Healthcare is one of the fastest growing industries in the entire, in the entire state and, and the country. 
and so so we have that. We have the medical school, we have DHR, we have all the different hospitals that are out here, South Texas Health System. Um, we've got a strong presence of healthcare. And then government. You know, government, most people don't see as an entity that, aside from the fact that we provide economic development, we, we're out, the ones out there recruiting, but government in many towns is the largest employer. School districts, counties, cities, largest employer. And so we have to work with government. Uh, if you look at the, any region of the that we have, that we aspire to be, you know, let's use Austin, right? Strong president of government. You got the university. You got the capital. You know, healthcare with the medical school that you got there, and then of course, you know, with government and everything that's already there. So you need those things. You look at Houston. You look at Dallas. You look at New York, Chicago. They have. It. Right? And those are the things that drive growth. Those are the things that, that cause metropolitan areas to grow. There's a, there's a study that was done by Michael Porter from Harvard uh, University. And this is something I've been using for as long as, pretty much as long as I found this, which is maybe like 15 years ago. So it's an old, it's an old study. But I love this because it's very easy to understand. And, and I think to me, it relates so much to the Rio Grande Valley. Because if you look at these stages, you can truly see that the valley has gone through these stages. The way I see the valley is that we're a startup entity. Right? We're still, we may think that, you know, when we compare ourselves to the bigger cities, we think we're failing, but we're not. You think about the medical school, right? We got a medical school, when, they, when, the, when the valley got together to get a medical school, we got it in such a short time frame when you compare it to how long it took UT Austin that's been around since 1886, right? So, so the fact that we, we still think like a startup, we're still a startup community. We're still not afraid to try and fail. And, and the neat thing about these stages of development is, is again, if you look at the first stage, and I don't mean at luxury guys, but I'll read this. Uh, Factor-driven stage, the first stage. The first stage is a factor-driven stage in which competitive advantage is based exclusively on endowments of labor and natural resources. Now, Valley was an ag community, right? That's what we were known for. We were an ag community. The second stage is an investment-driven stage. Efficiency in producing standards, products, services becomes the dominant source of competitive advantage. We became a manufacturing community. We started recruiting manufacturing companies. And of course, the last one is more for innovation, which is what we're going for now. Right now, we got the merger of the university. We got all these different things. Innovation is where we're heading, and that's why I think we're kind of like in the 2.5 range right now. And so, it's really neat how this applies to the value. And, and now that I work for a bank, you guys probably wonder why I'm I'm, I'm at a bank now and, and, and doing economic development. <clears throat> but I I have to remind myself. Uh, at, of these stages, because now I get to visit all the cities throughout the state of Texas, uh, and I get to work with them. And sometimes I'm working with cities that are in the third stage, in the innovation stage. You know, I was working with a city the other day that's in the first stage, right? So there's no, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do economic development. The the, the only thing is you got to understand that that if you're here, you can get here. If you're here, you can get there. Um, and as long as you keep trying, uh, it'll help the community. So let me talk about preparing the bench. There was a company, and I see Jenny Cavazos over there, uh, formerly with the county ABC, now with uh, 4ABC. Um, 
Jamie and the county seat commission, you see, we recruit a company called Royal Technologies. And Royal Technologies for me came at a time I had been hired to run Mission EDC. And Mission EDC had gone through what I call a divorce. The council and the city and the EDC sued each other. The city sued the EDC, EDC sued the city. They had no money. The EDC had no money. Literally got rid of all the furniture, staff, nothing. And so I get hired to, to, to fix this uh, entity with no money, no staff, no nothing, right? And so I had to do something that, um, that really, I had to do something basically, right? I had to do something. I couldn't just walk into the entity and, uh, and just leave it with that. There's a book called uh, The Metropolitan Revolution, which I, I love. Um, and it's written by Bruce Katz from the Brookings Institute. And he talks about getting back to basics, how communities need to get back to basics. And that is skills, manufacturing, supporting small business. You know, these are things that we have to do. And that's exactly what I ended up doing at Mission. Because I didn't have any money, I had to go door to door and visit with entities, visit with the local businesses that are in the city of, uh, of Mission. Because I didn't have any money, I had to go visit with a chamber. Because I didn't have any money, I had to go visit with a school district. So I did all these things, right, that I had to get back to basics. And, and as this lawsuit continued, money got over, we, get, we had a little bit of money, and we had land in the Park, and we recruited a company called Roll Technologies. And Roll Technologies, um, they kind of uh, challenged me to do something that I hadn't thought of, and, and I hadn't ever really thought of. And, and the thing is that they said, um, hey, well, I need you to help me with my bench. I'm gonna hire 500 people, but I'm gonna keep hiring more people as time goes. And, uh, and he said, um, what are you doing to prepare my bench? And I said, oh, well, I'll introduce you to the school district. And I'll introduce you to Region 1 and STC and all these things. And he said, no, Alex, you're not understanding what I'm asking you. What are you doing about preparing my bench? He says, all you're doing is setting up meetings. And he was right. That's all I was doing. I was just being a little guy. I was setting up meetings so that he could talk to the school district. But as an ADC guy, I really wasn't doing anything. I thought, okay, I recruited the company. You know, if they're here, they're gonna employ my job is done. Well, no, it wasn't. I had to help him prepare the bench. And it got me to think again, back to getting, getting back to basics. And so what I started doing is, I started a program called Ruby Red Ventures there at the Mission ABC that supports small business. It's basically like funding. As we're teaching these people how to start a business, run a business, I started to find out that none of those entities that were going through the program were incorporating technology into their business. So I thought, okay, if I don't start to teach folks about technology, then, then this problem is always going to continue. And, and what he wanted, what the guy Royal wanted was, when he said prepare my bench, I need people with transferable skills, with technical skills, with critical skills. That's what I need. I don't need a guy with an engineering degree. I need a guy that can help me, that can be a self-starter, critical thinker, you know, things like that. The soft skills that we that we sometimes forget about how important they are. And and so so we, we created this program at the Ruby Red called Code Town, where I said we're gonna try to teach coding to the entire town. And coding at the time was a, a was a really cool uh, subject, so we thought, okay, let's let's focus on coding. We ended up teaching uh, about 3,000 elementary students. Uh, and then I realized that as we, as we trained all these students that went through the program, I realized that my program was limited from K through six. 
he got all these kids excited about, about technology, but as it got to seventh grade, there was nothing there. I didn't cre create a sustainable program that could continue teaching that. But again, I'm doing this to get this guy the bench. And his plant manager says, you know, when I told him what was happening, he says, um, I tell him, I said, look, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to do this. Plus, by the time these kids get out of high school, you know, they're not going to be interested in going to work. And, and he says, Alex, I came here 10 years ago. And, and that was still the case. So if somebody didn't start doing it, at, at one point, when am I going to have my bench? Right? And so we started focusing on technology. And then that led to us saying, you know what? We need to train the adults, right? We need to train more people. And luckily, our very good friend, Julian Alvarez, gets appointed to the Workforce Commission. Now, <clears throat> I've been working with the Workforce Commission for many, many years. I knew the, the commissioner well before uh, Julian. And I said, I, uh, I want to apply for a high demand skills grant. And, uh, and I want to focus on computer programming. And they said, well, those aren't high demand skills in your region. And I said, well, how do you define high demand? Well, he says the way we define it is by looking at the jobs that are out there that are in high demand in your region, and then you apply for a grant to help get the skills to fill those jobs. I said, well, the jobs in my region that are currently available are retail jobs, so you want me to teach retail to the folks? You'll give me a grant for that? But how does that, how does that solve the issue of, of developing skills so I can recruit higher paying jobs, right? Because if I keep doing what they were asking, we'd stay in the poverty the way we've always been, right? And we had to raise the limit or raise the expertise of folks so we could be able to recruit higher, higher uh, paying companies. Again, going back to, to what you said, preparing my bench. Well, that led me to, after COVID town, that led me to start seeing that, that the kids, I, I was doing a disservice by getting them excited for technology. They get to junior high and high school. There's nothing really there. And then I started to find out that under House Bill 5, uh, computer science can count as an elective, right? Can count as an elective. Well, I started thinking about myself as a high school student at Hannah High School Brownville, and I remember that all I wanted to do was graduate high school. I had no aspiration to go to college. And uh, so I took all the easy electives. I took Spanish because I knew I could get an A. Um, and so, so I started thinking, who in the world is going to take a hard level? Right? And if I have to prepare the bench, and if I got to recruit companies based on these folks, the folks that are going to stay here need to have the skills that I need to be able to recruit the companies. And if those kids that choose to stay here and not go to college are going to take Spanish as the elective, well then, I'm not really doing anything. So we introduced House Bill 728 with the help of Audiogetter to change the way that uh, the state, uh, you know, TA, looks at computer science. And, and luckily it got passed, it took two sessions, but, but we got it passed, and so now, uh, computer science counts as your third math or your third science, uh, or your fourth math or your fourth science. And so, you know, you get your, you get your four maths and your four sciences, uh, and then instead, instead of taking actually six, right, you can take computer science courses if you like. Now, a lot of these kids that are interested in computer science or technology end up learning through YouTube, right? And so, so I wanted those kids to be incentivized to take these computer science courses because it's going to allow me to recruit companies. Now, let me let me leave you guys with the last thing. Um, okay, well, she just changed the time code. All right, I'll go back. So, but I will leave you with this. So, again, 
you know, economic development is definitely a team effort, right? Um, at the bank now, I get to work with communities, as I mentioned, throughout the state of Texas. And, and the way I ended up at the bank is I was city manager of farm uh, before I joined the bank. So this this building is very familiar to me. And I did spend 10 years in at Mission EC. Um, but, but the bank decided to, to take a community approach to banking. And you, know, you hear that very often. But they said, we're interested in starting an economic development department. And, and here's how, how funny how life works. The guys that used to be my board in the EDC in Harnjan, the first guys to ever give me an opportunity to get into economic development, 12 years later, decided to start a bank. That bank is Texas Regional Bank. And, and so I had a history with them. They, they said, we're going to create a position. We can't think of anybody else. Um, we want you to help communities grow. Because if they grow, we grow. And so now I'm tasked with literally traveling the entire state of Texas uh, because we are going throughout the state of Texas, and I get to work with communities all over. And so I'm working with Dallas Community College about creating a program that allows us to, to create more folks interested in banking. I'm working with, with Bolverde, uh, which is just north of San Antonio. They've got an ESD, which is an emergency service district. They're trying to train more EMTs. Uh, Fort Bend, Harris County, they're also trying to train, uh, train more, uh, more EMT folks. And so I get to see the way the state works, which is really neat to me, because I get to see what, what gets a community from one to two to three, right? But then I get to go back to the communities in one, and I get to tell them, look what I learned from the communities in three that they did that you could be doing. Now, oftentimes, small communities, what they'll say is, well, I'm too small, right? I'm never going to get to Houston. Well, that's all. You will. Because the state of Texas is going to continue growing. Whether we like it or not, it will grow. And, and, and we have to set that foundation. And economic development and everything that you guys are doing all aligns very well. And that's the only way you can get a community from going from one to two to three. That was Alex Mead at an RGV Focus annual retreat held at the FAR Development and Research Center on September 30th. The Executive Director of the Region 1 Education Service Center is Dr. Daniel P. King. I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. <laughs>